Hi, this is Laura Zam, and this is Sexual Healing Central. Today, my guest is Pasha Marlowe, who's going to give us three tips for using pleasure when life is difficult. Stay tuned. Hi, Pasha. Welcome to Sexual Healing Central. Hi, Laura. Good to be here. I'm very, very happy to talk with you and to just have your wisdom on the podcast today. I'm just going to start off asking you to introduce yourself. Sure. I'm Pasha Marlowe. I am a marriage and family therapist turned coach, life coach. Lately, I've been calling myself a therapeutic comedy coach um, where I empower women to access humor and pleasure in even the most difficult days. Awesome. Fantastic. And what, uh, what drew you to pleasure? Grief. <laughs> it's never easy. Um, I was in the depths of my grief in my hardest moments. Um, a couple years ago, my youngest son got sick. He's still sick. So I'm still in the, in the weeds right now. And I saw how the, how me grieving his illness was taking me down a path of darkness and fear that was debilitating and paralyzing. And so I started reading about humor and pleasure, almost just intuitively uh, a sense that that's what I needed to do. That was something I hadn't tried and I started accessing it and it was life-saving to me and to him. So I started working with my clients through that lens and, and it's been more transformative than any of the traditional therapy I did as a marriage and family therapist. Wow. What does it look like? How, how do you work with clients using pleasure? Well, instead of talking to people specifically uh, related to trauma, um, only talking to people about their stories of trauma, we start to reframe them because around the edges and the parameters of all situations, even ones that feel very dark and heavy, um, there are bits of humor and pleasure around them. And interestingly, the, the first book I read that really called to me was Viktor Frankl's A Man's Search for Meaning. And he was writing about how in the Holocaust, the people who survived were those that were able to laugh in community. And I think community is the, the key there, more so than even laughter. But mm -hmm. it struck me that I needed to find ways to not just find humor and pleasure, but to but to share this with my with my son, to share this with my family, my extended friends, and my community. And so I started to, um, you know we talked about our, for instance, hospital visits or medical procedures, but we talked about them in truth and through the lens of how sometimes ridiculous it was or the timing of it or the irony. Sometimes it's in almost how bad it is that it's funny, like 2020, so bad. It's almost funny. <laughs> absurd. Um, a lot absurd. of absurdity. Yeah, the ridiculousness of it. A lot of people have lost people seemingly at the worst timing possible, mm. right? And so it's scrappy, but but sometimes we we go at it from that perspective of of how can we how can we reframe this? How can we tell our story so that's a little bit lighter for us to tell 
and for other people to hear. And so often I'll do this through comedy. And so if I'm telling the stories of my um, childhood trauma, sexual trauma, um, or my son's illness right now, if I do it through the lens of humor and pleasure, um, people tend to hear it more uh, and, and there's a belonging and a relatability to it that wasn't there before because before it felt very lonely to go through trauma and specific situations, but, but everybody can relate on a human level to, to all these uh, circumstances, but we have to get under the layers of our specific trauma and come to whether it's a theme of abandonment or shame, you know, we can all relate to those underlying themes. And so that's what we make the comedy about. Wow. So do people, so let's say I come to you as a client, right? And I've got some, something really heavy, right? From my past. Oh, I've have a lot of things. We all do. We all do. We all do. And never goes away. Never goes away. I'm still working on, I would this morning, I was working on some issues from, you know, when I was seven or something like that. You know, it's, it's, things are still there. Anyway, so let's say I come to you with with something, right, from my my childhood. So would you have me write? Would you have, what would you have me do? Um, A little, there's a little bit of conversation, obviously, that goes along with us and a a ton of curiosity, because for you, it might be writing and dancing and orgasms, but for somebody (laughs) else, it might be walking and gardening and singing, you know? And so I'm, I have a wide scope of tools. Um, I also worked as a holistic personal trainer and have run gyms and Pilates and yoga studios. So I'm very much about somatic uh, work and getting into your body. And and sometimes that looks like dancing and sometimes it looks like weightlifting. So I always incorporate a physical practice we uh-huh. always talk and there's usually writing or speaking involved and then something creative, painting, comedy, Wow! you know, so there's always a creative outlet and, but mm-hmm. it is different for everybody. So, and that's a conversation that I have with the person as to their own personality, their energy levels, their, their own, um, you know, comfort, comfort level, uh, their lifestyle. So it's, it's, there's no one particular protocol. <laughs> Yeah, but that's so fascinating because you're you're figuring out what are those those pleasure and creativity tools that that are going to help somebody to lift them up a little bit so you can see maybe more globally what's going on, right? Is that is that right? Yeah, because I just worked with a woman this morning who um you know has a lot of pain, a lot of past trauma, um just feels very stuck in it and just couldn't leave her house and imagine exercising. So we talked about walking. Oh, I don't want to walk. Okay. Who do you, what do you love? I love my dog. Okay. Now we're walking. Now we're walking for your dog, but you're still going to get to walk. And then we talk about other things that she loves in her pleasure and it might be flowers. So I'm like, okay, can we walk your dog to that pink flower you love each morning? And then can we smell the flower and just walk back to the house? Like, let's start, let's start with the things that are very pleasurable to you that you already know about yourself. And then we're starting to build tiny habits. And I know that's more on a physical level, but, but what happens is, or or what she was saying, she loves to swim in her pool, but getting the baby bathing suit on and off is a struggle. And I can relate to that. They're very tight and sticky. So we found a time of the day where she felt safe just hopping in her pool 
naked. Now, all of a sudden, I'm so excited to hear what happens over the next week, but that could change everything. As you know, you know, now we're tapping into her body, her sensuality and whole new sensation. She might embrace her body differently. Um, and, and all we're doing is just not putting a bathing suit on. So sometimes it just takes a little shift in perspective and it's very hard to do on our own. And I can't do it for myself, which is why I need to ask for help when I get stuck in the muck. But, um, but I can have that bird's eye view and and perspective, uh, for somebody else. Amazing. What, what, what amazing gift to, uh, you know, to help someone in that, that beautiful customized way. I, I love that. So I ask all my guests this, what does sexual healing mean to you? Oh my goodness. Um, the first thing that comes up to my, my, in my mind is safety, you know, mm. safety in my own body, safety in myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not even thinking about partners right now. Um, and, and yet the second word that comes to my mind is expansiveness because mm. I believe that once the safety is there, that we can expand far beyond the constructs of society or patriarchy or whatever has given us. And so I've been in the last couple of years, despite the grief, surprising myself at how expansive my sexuality has been and and how much I've wanted to explore parts of my sexuality and sensuality that I've never even considered um, and I and I think that that's the listening inward and getting really still and trusting my my thoughts and trusting my knowing. But this is a very private practice for me. I don't have a, a partner that I'm intimate with at the moment, even though I'm married. Longer story, but nonetheless, sexual healing to me looks like safety and expansiveness with myself and for myself, and being faithful to myself. Yeah. What a great answer. I love that. And it's a good segue for us because we're going to talk about people who have a a difficult life and right now, and it may involve something that's traumatic. And I I think what you're talking about, that sequence of safety and expansiveness really does apply to any trauma situation. You know, you're a therapist. It's, it starts with safety when we've had a, when we've had a, a trauma, especially if you've got PTSD or right, or it's just living in that, that part of our, our brain, the amygdala or these fight or flight areas of our being. Yeah. We're, we're really uh, freaked out. Body brain being is freaked out. Safety is going to bring us and only from that can we then right venture out. So I, I just uh, this is really apropos. Anything else you want to say about that in terms of connecting it to um, to any to other kinds of of trauma? Just that one of the things that I find very helpful in in working with people is that to remind them that right here, right now, at this you know, at this one moment, we are we are safe. Like mm. I might not be safe 10 minutes from now when I walk into my door, cause I'll have to deal with the trauma of my son's illness, or you might go outside and, you know, come across something that's scary or dangerous, but yeah. right here, like this is sometimes how I get scrappy with it at this moment, you and I mm. right here on zoom right here, right now we are safe. And I think it's good to just remind ourselves of that, even if it needs to be a hundred tiny times a day. Uh, because our nervous systems are fried otherwise. And there yeah. are so many trauma triggers out there mm. um, that it feels like an onslaught. It feels like 
our you know nervous systems on the outside of our skin and and we're very fragile if you just breathe on us wrong we're gonna cry and we'll never stop crying it feels like that some days very fragile yeah, yeah and so I I need to remind myself and my clients often of the times that like notice notice when it's okay notice when you feel grounded for a mm. moment notice when you feel settled you know even if it's a brief moment before you step into a difficult situation, there's always that pause and stillness where you can say, okay, in that breath, I was safe. Right. 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 Okay. Let's switch. I want to switch over to these three tips or segue into these three tips. I know that you have three tips for using pleasure when life is difficult. Yes, I see pleasure far beyond uh, sensual and sexual pleasure. To me, pleasure is, again, about being safe and free and then ultimately, you know, expansive. And so my first tip would be to tap into your senses. And this is particularly useful for anyone who's experiencing trauma or trauma triggers or any anxiety to tap into your senses. And I use this uh, five, four, three, two, one method where I look around and I say, okay, name five things I can see. Okay. I can see a window, light, door, fan, flowers, microphone, and count. I think I got five. And then you think there are four things you can hear, three things you can feel, two things you can smell, one thing you can taste. And in the middle, uh, and if you could just think five, four, three, two, one, and by the way, it doesn't matter if it's five things you can hear and two things you can smell, it doesn't matter. Um, the counting of the numbers, the remembering of the numbers is easy, even if you're in the middle of a panic attack. And so it's very helpful. And it gets you into the moment where you say, okay, right now, again, I'm safe in this moment. It helps to, and to feel Uh, I particularly like the one, what can I feel? Because sometimes it's just, okay, touching, touching my leg, you know, heat of my hand on leg, touching my soft shirt, you know, feeling my breath in my nostrils. It calms the nervous system. Awesome. So that's your first tip. What's what's the second tip? So tip two is to, you can sprinkle pleasure on your shit D-Days. <laughs> so I have this image. There's actually a little emoji uh, or something like an image of, of a pile of poo, you know, the swirly poo um, with sprinkles on it. And I think about that. It's actually why my backdrop is rainbow colored brick, because it's like messy and dirty and rustic and rainbow colored and still beautiful. Like we can find beauty in the pain. And so we can still sprinkle, sprinkle on our shit days, which we have to, because some of them are really, really going to be hard. And there's always a way to uh, find something. And, and even if, and I mentioned this before, but even if it is that you use the good toilet paper. So when you're actually wiping your shit, it's more comfortable. So the, the paper rough stuff doesn't hurt. Like let's get, let's go soft. Let's find some pleasure within the reality of what's going on in our lives. Um, I, I get pretty scrappy with it. That's what I sprinkle it on the You ship. know what? I, I love this so much because when Kurt was diagnosed with, my husband was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer two years ago, and I was writing my book at the time and it was really, really stressful. He had a a very successful but very difficult surgery and recovery and chemo. Mm. And 
I, I just remember so strongly being so stressed out and feeling, even though I was writing this book about pleasure and I'm, you know, oh, the pleasure you. queen. I remember how hard it was to, to take any time to recover. And what I love so much about this tip is that it doesn't matter whether you take time or not because you're going to have to get toilet paper. You're going to have to, this is something that doesn't, you don't have to take, you don't have to do mindfulness or have the cup, you know, beautiful, but you're going to have to buy toilet paper. So just choose nice toilet paper. Just like you spend that extra dollar or two if you can get the nice stuff. And you know, this is for the caretakers and the caregivers out there who are caring for their children or their parents or, or clients or nurses out there. We're literally wiping other people's shit too. And like, I mean, toilet paper means a lot and good wipes mean a lot to me these days. Yeah. And, um, I think it's quite a metaphor. <laughs> I think so. And, you know, and maybe it inspires something else, you know, maybe a, yes. like a, a five minutes to just breathe or something. But even if somebody can't manage that, I'll, just alone making that decision to get the nice toilet paper, I think can can do so much. Yes. Well, interestingly, it was in my, in the guest closet, like where the nice pillows are, where the nice, you know, candles are and the nice toilet paper that we only pull out for guests. I'm like, wait a minute. I need, I need this. I deserve this. Why am I treating guests, you know, better than I'm treating myself? So that's the whole being faithful to myself and being good to myself. Uh, That's, Mm. it feels like, heroic, radical self-care sometimes to grab a dollar better toilet paper, but it worked for me. And, and then you're right. It sets you up that day to potentially create space for something else that's pleasurable, you know? And if, and if that sets the intention, then marvelous. Right? Beautiful. And I, I just love the terminology being faithful mm. to myself. That's just really powerful. Mm. What what's the third tip? The third tip is counterintuitive because when you're lying on the bathroom floor crying because everything's so hard, the last thing you probably want to do is help somebody else. But I believe to be in service of uh, to others um, is pleasurable. It gives you a little you know shot of dopamine. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel like something good is coming out of this. And this is in service to someone or some someone that is not who you're caring for, let's yes. say, if you're a caregiver. Yeah. Yes. If you're a caregiver, you're doing that 24-7 and, and that probably doesn't offer very much thrill anymore. So it's, it is counterintuitive because you're depleted um, and you're caring for other people seemingly all the time. And if in that space, you can also pay the toll for the person behind you, buy the cup of coffee. Um, be on the other end of the phone for somebody who is also experiencing trauma um, or somebody else who's caregiving and hold space for them because now you have so much compassion and empathy. Um, I find that it shifts my mood instantly. It just gives me this second to realize there is a gift and it is pleasurable um, to have this ability to understand other people's trauma or help somebody through a difficult day. I do that every day. People say, why are you taking on a client today? You should just cancel your clients or cancel your podcast. I think, no, <laughs> this is exactly what I need. I need to, I need to be of service to others uh, 
it, it resets everything for me and it makes me feel like I have purpose on this planet other than to be in pain and grief. That's, I need to go back to my pleasure through others. Yeah, beautiful. So that is really where I think we'll end it because it's just a, a gorgeous message and uh, and very, very inspiring. And I'm I'm just so happy that you came on my podcast today. And I, I wish you luck and I look forward to many more conversations between us. Thank you. I'm so glad we met. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. And I'll have all of Pasha's information below the show notes so you can find out how to get in touch with her, even how to set up a call with Pasha, a free call. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So I'm just uh, very, very happy to introduce you to her. And I'm very happy that you came here today. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you for everyone listening. I hope to get to know you.